fellas, don't drink that coffee. What a mess. Seriously. <laughs> this is so crazy. <laughs> Seriously, right? I mean, oh my oh gosh. My gosh. Looks so awkward. Um, hi Dallas. Hi Sean. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. Um, uh, sorry if I sound uh, crazy. Beautiful? Oh, crazy. Yeah, crazy. I just got over being sick. Oh, dude. Oh. So yeah, sorry. Was it because of Josie? You were I don't know. sick I, over. Listen, you were sick I, over Josie. You tell me when you want to start because uh, we started, dude. When I started talking about your bra, the joy that this episode <laughs> brought me on two different levels. So it's only matched by the joy that the next episode has brought me. So here's my question to you: Was it? If you didn't know that, and by the way, welcome back to Dishing the Percolator. We're dishing, we are literally dishing the percolator. Um, this is episode, what is this, uh, 16 of the second season. If you haven't watched this one yet, stop, because we're about to r- spoil the ending. But mm-hmm. was it hard for you watching, this is the Josie episode, and it's not until the very end that you know she dies. So were you like, ah, oh, this sucks, until the end, and you're like, it was all worth it. Oh, you mean this episode? Yes, that's what I'm asking you. Like, you had to sit, like, the whole episode is Josie. There's, like, a few little extra things happening, but most of this is all just building up to the end. And so, so in hindsight, I could see why you love this episode, but up until the end where you're like, this is why, why are we getting so much Josie? Uh, yeah, I mean, no, see, that that's the thing about this show is that, like, I've just come to expect that they could waste an entire episode on a character that I hate and I'll just have to deal with it. Yeah. So I I wasn't really disappointed. Um, I liked the internal conflict. Sure. That uh, Sheriff had. Yes. So that was kind of worth the Josie. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I'm sorry. My joy was just so overshadowed. Sure, it's just so overshadowing anything. Your joy was was not overshadowed. Your joy was overshadowing. Is yeah, it's saying. hard to me to think about this episode in a negative light in any way. Okay. Well, this episode is called "The Condemned Woman," which I'm guessing is Hank. <laughs> um. This was directed by LLG, Leslie Linka Gladder, and written by... Ladies love Lincoln Gladder. Yes, LL Cool G, um, (laughs) 
was written by Trisha Brock, who wrote, she was the one who wrote, like, the funeral, like, Leland's funeral episode. Um, and let's get right into this. So this one actually ends kind of, or starts kind of where we, we pick off where we left off. So where we had last seen our friends in Twin Peaks, Cooper had come back to his room, and there was that <clears throat> kind of creepy shot of Caroline's death mask, right? And with the eyes lit up and then the Wyndham's message. So they've <laughs> taken all that back to the sheriff station and are going over it and listening to it. Yeah. I, I just wanted to back up for a second. Please do. I think it's interesting that it took two women to combine their writing and directing skills to finally rid the world <laughs> of the worst written woman character <laughs> of all time. Do you think that it's that she's so like okay let's let's just i mean we don't even have to talk about it. like we don't have to go through this episode the way we always do by the way this is dish in the Burke later i'm your host sean o'donnell with me as always is dallas mclaughlin dallas how are Hello. you i'm great i'm sick i apologize for the coughing that will happen it's fine let's just let's okay. let's i just we had to get that out of the way um people like josie like ooh, people do man like people were like I don't think she's on the cast list for season three, and people were like bummed. Well, I've, that's you're spoiling something for me there because then she's still alive. Uh, okay, well let me let me explain. Did you just ruin something? Not at all, because no one. First off, no one knows what's happening in season three because okay. um, what happens is is Jacques Renault is on the guy who played Jacques is on the cast list for season three. So everyone's like, "What are they do? What are they doing?" Oh, okay, I get what you're saying. Um, okay, that's fine. So, but people love Josie. Like she was not, she's not does not get lumped in with Little Nikki and um, Evelyn Marsh. Like this was a character. This is the first character you see on this show. Um, yeah, and f- well, second wasn't Pete the first because he's counting. No, that's after. Like, I think it's the first actual shot is of Josie Packard. This was was originally supposed to be um, Isabella Rossellini. Do you think that if she played this character that it would be – you would feel the same way? Or do you think it's just you don't like Joan Chen as an actor, actress? I think that it's part I don't like her as an actress at all. Yes. And I also just don't get her character. Okay. Like, I don't get what she really brought to this show so far. Like, I know all the – I mean, so far I get what her character has done and the point of her character, but I, it doesn't serve the plot. for. Like, it could have, we could have done without all of it. Sure. And she's a poor actress. I think the main tie for us, if you're not a fan of her, is that, like, she's – we all love Harry, right? Everyone loves – Harry. Yeah. And so there's, you have the sympathy angle from that, you know? So even if you can't get behind her, he has two big episodes here where he's dealing with, you know, knowing what the right thing to do is and then having to like face the reality that he needs to arrest her and then what becomes of him in this, the following episode and following episodes. Yes. Um, 
But just to, just to point out, like this is someone that people liked and people were sad to see go. And actually, she kind of wrote her way off. Like she wanted out of the show. Um, she s- went on to regret it. Um, but what? Why? Okay. Well, we can get into more of Josie at the end. Okay. So anyway, um, what we were talking about was they had taken the death mask and the the tape recorder back to the station to investigate. So they're listening to the message. Um, Wyndham wants him to print his move. You know, they're playing chess in tomorrow's paper and they prompt, you know, Pete to come over so they can work on the move. Um, And there's kind of a touching moment where Cooper holds her death mask and he says that she was the love of his life. Um, Mm. Death mask, man, that's not something I'm a big fan of. No, nope. Not a big death mask guy. Um, Pete is home making uh, breakfast, a little smiley face for Andrew. And then he and Andrew laugh way too hard about it. Uh, <laughs> and Catherine's annoyed. And then um, <clears throat> this is when it's revealed to Josie that Andrew's alive and Josie faints. This is the beginning of the end of Josie. She's going to have a pretty rough hour here before she meets her untimely ending. Um, oh, timely. <laughs> uh Harry's reading the paper. He's in his office. He's reading about um, Jonathan. I don't know what his actual name is. I think it's Jonathan, or is it Mr. Lee? Is it Jonathan Lee? What's oh, the guy's know. real name? But you know what I'm talking about. Um, Hank comes in. He's on crutches, and uh, he's trying to make a deal. He has information on Andrew, obviously because it was him who who was hired to do to pull the the job on Andrew. Uh and uh Harry says no deal and and then that's when he hits him with a you know how's that going to sit if they know that you have info on someone and you know everyone in the town finds out that you're sleeping with that person. And there's a great moment where um Hawk kicks his crutch and he hits the table. Um yeah. Anyway. Um, this is the Josie episode, like I said. So Albert shows up, and he has evidence, all of it pointing to Josie, that the same shooter who killed Jonathan shot Coop, and he wants to go arrest her. Cooper is like, he's like, he got shot by this woman, but he's like such a good friend to Harry that he's like, I want to give, let's just not rush this. Um, Albert is like very reasonably frustrated by this, right? Like he's like, come on, dude. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Um, but then we wouldn't get the rest of this episode of Josie just being tormented. Um, so this is when this next scene, we are introduced to a brand new character on the show. Dallas. Yeah. Played, played by someone you texted me oh. about. You're very excited. <clears throat> so excited, dude. Billy Zane. So I mean, if all the people of all the actors that I'm like, you know, who should be in Twin Peaks? <laughs> Top of that list was David Duchovny. Nailed it already. <laughs> Nailed it. Secondly, Billy Zane. So what's great and about... And thirdly, thirdly what? on that Who? list, what? or at least top five, is in the next episode. Okay, I'm trying to think who it would be. Who comes into the next episode? We'll talk about it in the next episode. Okay, I'm just trying to think who's... But who's Billy Zane, I mean, wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, so great. So this scene, Audrey's like 
Audrey's, she's whatever, she's trying to do some work. And then um, she's talking to Randy, by the way, who works at the Great Northern, um, who's afraid that she's out to get his job. He hands her the, she gets the note. This was the note from Wyndham Roll. Um, and that's when Billy freaking Zane shows up. By the way, he's wearing like a really sweet wig in this. Was Billy Zane always bald? Wait, what? Wearing a wig? Yeah, dude, you can see it. If you look, it's pretty, it's pretty evident. I didn't know Billy Zane was bald. Yeah, I think he's always... I think he was, like, born bald. No, well, stop it. Mm-hmm. You can't have those natural eyebrows and be born bald. You can. I think he is. Oh, um, I don't know. Billy Zane. Yeah, he's got a wig. Um, but then there's this really kind of weird scene where he's remembering her when she was a child. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, and she's dressed as Heidi. Anyway, um, Audrey then gets that note, and the note says that... Uh, She's supposed to attend this meeting at the Roadhouse at 9.30. Um, yeah, I have, a, I have a real big problem as just a continuation yeah. factor. Like, the notes that Leo was writing, I mean, they just, that's my problem. Well, tell me what the problem is. Because, you know, that episode where at the end of it, Wyndham and Leo are writing a bunch of notes and he's mailing them off to the girls. That's not what Leo was writing. Leo was writing like gibberish. Yeah. And he was like curling them up in a pile and putting them in an envelope. You know, Wyndham, Wyndham might have off camera looked at him and been like, you know what? We got to fix this. That's true. Good point. Yeah. There's a um, lot happening off camera. Yeah. Well, there are, you know, it has to be. Um, yeah. Like Billy Zane putting his wig on. It's funny to me that Billy Zane... I just don't get Billy Zane. Like, I don't understand Billy Zane. By the way, I just realized who you're talking about in the next episode, and I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. Um, Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Billy Zane's character, I'm like, I forget he's in the show. I'm like, because it's so, we're like really close to the end, and they're just like, let's throw Audrey a bone here. Like, here's Billy Zane. And you're like, oh, yeah, he was... In this like, show, don't you think? I know in Zoolander he is Billy Zane. You know he plays Billy Zane, <laughs> but don't you think in everything he's in he could just be Billy Zane? And it's just fine. Just call him. Like, let's call him William if you want. Yeah, like in Titanic, he just could have been Billy Zane. Yeah, and it's fine. And no one would have questioned it. <laughs> there's like, oh, it's lo- Billy Zane. There's not a lot of other actors like that. Are you ever upset to see Billy Zane? No, like he's, he's just such an interesting. <laughs> he's great. He's great. He's just like really handsome and just there. He's just there. Just takes up he, a, takes up a good amount of space. You know what I mean? Like he's somehow like immediately the third best actor on this show. <laughs> um, he's great. I'm it's, just it's I'm great. just I'm just so happy he's in the. I'm, it's, <laughs> he just make it just makes sense that he's in the show. Yeah, I love to me it. it's like Billy Zane, the real person, wandered onto the set, and he's like, "What are we doing, guys?" And nobody questioned it, and I'd he's just love, being there. I'd love to just be in this show. Is that cool? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's Billy Zane. Okay. Just put on a wig, and let's you can just, do whatever you want. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's just film it, see what happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're happy. By the way, I'm um, very happy. Back at the at the at the uh, Hurley residence, uh, Nadine has come to tell uh, Ed that her and Mike are in love. That they fell in love on the wrestling trip, of course, that always happens, and that it's time that uh, her and Ed break up. And Ed's pretty shocked. This is his wife, who is now has said she's fallen in love with a high school boy. 
and that yeah. sends them to break up. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, go ahead. I, I was just saying, I mean, I kind of was waiting for this to happen. I know, but it, this to me is an interesting like thread where the, you have Ed who's like, I want out of this relationship I've been trapped in. And then his wife is like, she's now saying she also wants out, but she's not kind of in her right mind. Anyway, there's a lot of threads in the second season that I'm like, I don't care for. This is actually one where it's kind of, it's at least interesting. You know, it's like, I don't know. Well, somehow they made the Nadine character interesting to me. Yeah. And Mike at the same time. Sure, sure. Um, and so, Norma. Norma's the best, dude. Could care less about Norma. Come on, you love Norma. She was fine, but she was like the woman trapped in the show that had nowhere to go. Quincy Jones, dude. Quincy Jones. Oh, man. I like I like Norma. Somehow this storyline fixed Norma, Nadine, and uh, freaking Mike all in one swoop. There you go. Good job, And writer. gave Ed something to do. Good job, writers. Good, Good job. job, Tina, or whoever the writer was for the Trish, show. Trisha. Um, Trisha. Oh, Trish the dish. <laughs> nobody calls her that. Um, <laughs> so Cooper uh, goes to see Josie to give her a chance to confess. And there, there's actually a great line, and this is kind of where what I was talking about earlier with Harry, where he says, I don't know where he stands in your heart, but you own his. And it's like that's and that's exactly it. That's why we care about Josie, even if you don't, because if you liked Harry at all, you know that this woman is like, you know, she owns his heart, man. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So he tells her to come to be basically. He's giving her like the day. Come to the station by nine, or I'm going to come find you. Um, and I wrote that the nine o'clock hour is going to be very busy in Twin Peaks tonight because that's when the the meeting at the roadhouse is happening. That's when Coop's going to come find Josie, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then this is when uh, she get a phone call or a message that basically accurate wants to see her that night alone. Um, Oh, this is Catherine. Catherine tells her, yeah. Um, yeah. Josie's starting to kind of come undone. Catherine is helping. She's really kind of driving the screw in. And this is where she kind of, very indirectly gives her a gun um, when, when Josie doesn't know what to do. You know, Catherine's like, oh, whoops, this book fell and here's a gun. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, everybody has guns behind books. Yeah, well, that's where you keep your guns, right? Yeah, duh. Duh, that's, how, that's where I keep my guns so my kids won't go near them. They're like, books? <laughs> now, if I put it behind some applesauce, then I'd be in trouble. Yeah, I usually put my guns in in our uh, Paw Patrol toys. <laughs> <laughs> Just so she knows. In, in if the, an intruder comes in the house, you go to the Paw Patrol toys. In the, <laughs> in the actual Paw Patroller? <laughs> yeah. We go for realism in this house. Uh, do you want to talk about Paw Patrol? Because I have issues. Do you guys so did she watch that? Thing. Does she watch it? I haven't it? watched one episode. Okay. I don't even know if it's streaming anywhere. It's so it it's about this like kid who's either nine or twenty-two who's just <laughs> a billionaire and he has puppies doing like really, really important and difficult work. 
Uh-huh. I have a lot of problems with the premise of it. <laughs> it sounds like a, it sounds like a good idea for a show. It's really, really popular. Like whoever invented it is has will like never have to work. Their grandkids will not have to work because the money I've spent on toys alone, like well, Sean, I hate to burst your bubble. It was you. But as someone who's worked in children's television, <laughs> that's not always the case. Yeah, but like the creator of the show, yeah, whatever, whoever owns Nickelodeon is doing okay. I'll just say yeah. That. Th- there you there you go. Oh my gosh, yeah. Dave um, Nickelodeon is doing great. <laughs> <laughs> no oh, you did, did you not know that the guy's name is Nick? Oh, is, <laughs> his name is just Nick, Mister Mister Elodian. <laughs> you don't know you don't know about it's, Didn't know that. And it's, I've never it's dave elodian is actually nick was his dad yeah dave elodian down yeah dave elodian is the actual president um and dave elodian is just all in it for the money he is not it, his pop was in it for the art wait you don't you don't know dave elodian is actually executive producer on twin peaks season three you didn't know that what i did not know that yeah, it's true is there going to be like slime? Wait till you see three? the merch. Wait till you see the merch. Are you going to be like, I was like dude, is halfway through season three, are they going to have to like find a red flag and a giant nose full of boogers? By the, dude, how did you? You're ruining get, it. Well, did, I know some people on the show. Actually, true story. They are going crazy with Twin Peaks merchandise. In fact, I bought two skateboard decks. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, dude. That's so great. There's a there's a skateboard company called Habitat, and they're making decks, and they're amazing. And and yeah. you know that I don't skate, but I plan on like hanging them in my music studio because they look they look so cool. But that's how hard they're hitting the merch right now, and the show is still two months out. They're like you can buy the like a log pillow. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, I don't want to, I don't, it's going to be a surprise, but I, I got you a, I got you a gift. Is it a log pillow? It's a log pillow. Is it signed by Dave Elodian? It's a skateboard signed by Dave Elodian. <laughs> it's not a Twin Peaks skateboard. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a Bones right. Brigade. It's a Bones no, Brigade. No, it's a, it's a wild and crazy kid skateboard. Did you not know that Dave Elodian was in the Bones Brigade? It's a Hey Dude skateboard signed by Dave Elodian. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to talk about this episode anymore. And I want—I want to talk about. Oh, da- I do. Come on, this is my favorite. I want to talk so. about Dave Elodian. Um <laughs> Let's just get to the end. That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> okay, so. Um. Okay, so, back at the Great Northern, Ben Horn is no longer reenacting the Civil War, and we know this because he's wearing a Fila tracksuit. Yeah, what's um, with the tracksuits all of a sudden? That one dude had a Jordan tracksuit. So I w- it, the, in this episode, these these next two episodes are like two of two or three of my favorite outfits in the show ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when we're introduced. Well, we're kind of formally introduced to um, Billy Zane's character, uh, John Justice Wheeler, mm-hmm. or JJ Dubs, as I like to call him. Um, Dubs. So he his backstory is he's from Twin Peaks. Ben kind of helped him when he was younger, invested in him, he says. 
and he's gone on to have great success in business and he's an investor and he's coming back to join the board because we know very well horn industries is on the down right now and sure. ben is trying to find his way back up and the way he's going to do this is instead of like coming up with a new idea or something really cool he's going to just try to stop Catherine, who is pursuing the project that Ben was pursuing when we first started this journey into Twin Peaks. This is does not help Ben for me, this plot line. It's like, this was a character who used to be awesome and cool, and we loved seeing him, and it's like Eve... Like, the pine weasel is now the thing. And, like, the pine weasel is my Evelyn Marsh, is my Harold <laughs> Smith. It's like, come on, dude, can we not give him something cool to do? Um, so the pine, basically you've watched the episode if you're listening to this, but the pine weasel is this endangered animal. And this is how Ben is going to stop the Ghostwood project from going forward. If they can make an environment, an environmental issue. Um, the only great part of it, this scene, other than the feel tracksuit is that Jerry has this great, great line about how he says they're incredible roasted. Um, <laughs> so and then, he, and at the end of all of this speech about the the pine weasel and moving forward to the future, and what are we left with but the human spirit? Ben mentions he's gonna make a run for the Senate. Um, in my notes, I wrote, "I wish Ben would go back to the Civil War." Uh, <laughs> anyway, I kind of like Ben running for the Senate, though. That's a fun idea. I well, could they get past the pine weasel and get to the running for the Senate then? Because I don't care. Um, uh, you can't run for office without a pine weasel. You can. Is that true? Yeah, man. Everyone knows that. Just ask Dave Elodian. Just ask Dave Elodian. Just ask President Dave Elodian. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, Paw Patrol. Like, the kid is. He's either four years old or he's 31, and he's a trillionaire, and the puppies are helping mm. people. A puppy is like the least helpful <clears throat> animal on the face of the planet. Well, <clears throat> from what I've seen of the characters, though, they have like special um, the things, right? Like wings and... Yeah, but like the puppies would eat the... They wouldn't know what to do with that. They'd poop. One of them would poop on the wings. And then Dave Elodian would come in and be like, this isn't working, you guys. Uh, I just want you to know that there's nobody named Dave Elodian in IMDb. <laughs> and that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> I was really hoping. Dave, okay. Dave Elodian is not going to let himself be IMDb'd. Come that on, is Dave. true. Come that on. is true. Um, okay, back at the double R. Wyndham is there dressed as a trucker. Oh. Um, Norma's on the phone talking to her sister, who is a nun and on her way to Twin Peaks. This is Annie. We're going to learn more about her in the next episode. But this is how she's introduced, is by this phone call. Um, Shelly gets her note. And this is... <laughs> there's a couple things in this episode where it's like, oh, who left you this note? Oh, I guess it was the customer who was just here. It's like the guy who was literally just there that you don't remember, the guy with the hat. They're like, who, yeah. left, who left this? I guess it was the last guy was here. It's like, you, he was just there. And he probably paid you and you took his order. You don't remember anything about him? They're not really like up to it on the double R. I mean, okay. let's be honest. So Ed comes in after being told, you know, by Nadine that they're they're Splitsville. And he tells 
you know, grabs Norma and tells her, I loved you every day for the last 20 years. Will you marry me? Um, we've been waiting for this, right, for two seasons now. Um, outside Wyndham's cabin, Leo is whittling. He's carving arrows. Uh, Wyndham <laughs> gives a speech. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> I want to get to the end. I want to get to the part where you get to gloat. Um, this is kind of a cool scene. Norma goes to the prison. The prison. She goes to the station where Hank is being held. And she's seeing Hank because she wants to ask for a divorce. She's through with Hank and all of his lying and all of his, you know, shenanigans. And he's trying to sweet talk her. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change. I'm a changed man. She's done. She's done. Um, Hank's like, all right, fine. I'll give you the divorce that you want. But I just want you to do me a favor. I want you to lie, you know, about the night Leo was shot. Give him an alibi. And she's like, no, I'm through. I'm through lying. I'm not going to do this for you anymore. And um, and so, you know, then he's like, he's just getting frustrated. He's like, fine, you're going to go be with, you know, with Ed or whatever. And um, there's this like really over the top <laughs> line about how he's like, you're his whore. And she's like, I'd rather be his whore than your wife. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a this big, is Norma's best scene so far. It's a big old like mic drop kind of moment for her. Um, I was afraid when Hank was uh, grabbing the bars and shaking them that the bars are going to come off <laughs> <laughs> in his hands. Yeah, it didn't look very He's safe. Like, oh, can I put these back? Um, oh, sorry. I would watch a whole show where Jack Nance just talks about chess. This is the guy who plays Pete. Um, so <laughs> they're at the station and Pete has a bunch of chess boards out. And he's trying to, uh, he's trying to like, um, oh, maybe that's the next, no, this is it. So he's, he's basically trying to make a move where, you know, um, like a, they're trying to get to a stalemate. That's what they're trying to do so that Wyndham can't take any more lives. Yeah. And so Pete makes a move. He says, this is good. You won't be able to kill for five or six more moves. Um, Albert at this point. Tells Coop he's got enough evidence on Josie to, you know, con- they could convict her and she needs to get arrested. Um, they cut to Josie back at the Martel residence. And this is a very, like, similar shot of the first scene in, in the whole show. Um, so she's, like, looking in the mirror. This is where Andrew brings her champagne and they talk. She apologizes for, you know, killing him. Um but he gives her a little slack. He's like, you know what? I know Eckert was responsible. Um, and he wants her to go see Eckert. He says he's the one, if anyone who could get you out of this country. And he has this line about how in the end, perhaps you two belong together. Um, mm. But we kind of, through this episode, know that Andrew's kind of playing her and Eckhart against each other. Um, here's two people you've missed. Donna and James. Uh, is this where they sit down for a little picnic? Yeah, dude. Great. It's great. Um, I wanted us to go someplace we've never been before. And I, I wrote, like, California, because it definitely doesn't look like here, anywhere near Twin Peaks. Um, yeah. So James, like... Off the 101? James... Donna knows that James banged Evelyn, and she's, like, just cool with it. Uh, well, I wrote... I wrote that she's very Stacy in this scene. 
She has the full. I think she's preparing because didn't Wayne's World came out after this? So yeah. she's like preparing for Stacy in this. What would I do with a leather jacket? You don't like it? <laughs> it uh, what's funny is I also noticed during this episode and the next episode that everyone just dropped out of high school. Well, that's where I was going with this. So, like, James is like, I got to get out of here. I was like, aren't you a senior? And it's like, <laughs> it's like March. Like, you're literally, like, two months away. And Donna. Do you think you just, like, hang out for, like, a couple of weeks? Like, most of the end of senior year is just, like, BS anyway. It's, like, trips and stuff. Yeah. Like, come on, James. You can do it. But he can't do it. He leaves. And I'm pretty sure this is, I, I don't think James is in another episode. I think this is it. Oh, really? So you lose James and you lose Josie in one episode. Man, I wouldn't call those losses. Okay. Um, so, again, this is the Josie episode. So back at the uh, the Martell Packard residence, Catherine's drinking tea. Pete is tying fly lures. Harry has come to see Josie, but she's not there. She's at the Great Northern. She took all, all of her stuff. This is what they're telling him. She's gone to see Eckerd. Um, back at the Great Northern, Eckerd is in the elevator, and this is when Andrew shows up, and he's like, ha, ah, I'm not dead. Um, and at this point, we see he's kind of... That was me. I'm making this noise. Um, he's setting up... He's basically setting up the end of this. Andrew and, and uh, Catherine are kind of up to no good in this whole thing, trying to get... Kind of... I, like, they didn't know that she was going to end up how she ended up, right? But... They were basically trying to, they were definitely trying to create the results of the end of this episode. Um, but anyway, so he's telling Eckert to be careful. You know, Josie's coming back to you. Um, and he also says something that's funny to me. He's like, my resurrection remains a secret, so don't tell anyone. And it's like, you're just in the elevator at the most popular hotel in town. Like, you're not, like, trying that hard. You know, like you didn't like wait in his car for him, you know, like you're just out. You're wearing like glasses and people aren't going to recognize you. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Anyway. Um, yeah. They, well, I mean, the disguises have never been tr- Twin Peaks' strong suit. Yeah. But if it really is a secret, and by the way, it should be because it's illegal to like fake your own death. Um, you're not really committing. Anyway. So it's kind of, but it's still a great, he, it's a good fake it. It's a good, well, he's faked being dead. Um, I guess. Well, unless he's like a ghost. Oh, um, which Ecker thinks he is. So it's, a, it is actually a good scene though. Two, the two of them, um, in the elevator. So still at the great Northern Ben Horn and Audrey and JJ dubs are having dinner. Um, and then Ben gets called away on a very like plot-driven interruption to leave Audrey <laughs> and Billy Zane to talk. I'm sorry, I have to go continue this plot. <laughs> you guys talk about whatever they wrote for you to talk about, um, and they're flirting. And Audrey has some weird line about "I'm only 18," um, yeah. but it's very obvious where we're heading with these two. Um, so Bone Town. Yeah. So, okay. The three girls all come together at the roadhouse and they read the poem. Um, 
did the, none of them notice the weird trucker like watching them who's like three feet away the guy like how about you shelly the guy who was your customer literally the moment before you got your note like no well i i don't think you've ever been around you know giddy 30 somethings playing giddy teen teenagers before um they're kind of in their own world i mean it is shelly we're talking about it is shelly yeah. Not the brightest bulb in so, the world. <laughs> yeah. So, like, anyway, but there's never really, like, anything, nothing ever, like, comes from this. Like, he doesn't just, like, use an arrow to, like, shoot through all of their heads or something, like, weird like that, you know? Yeah, it was very anticlimactic. Yeah. It was um, like he just wanted to see if he could get them all together. It's like, oh, they can, look, they can all read. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> like, he checks that off a list. Um, so back at the Great Northern, uh, Coop is practicing his fly fishing for whatever reason. Um, he gets a phone call letting him know that Josie is in the hotel. Um, I wrote at this point, I really miss, I miss Cooper in his suit. I'm tired of the flannel. And yeah, the I, would agree. I would agree with you on that. Hey, is your wife home? She just pretended to not drop her keys on purpose. <laughs> she's a good. She's a good actress. She is a good actress. Better uh, than anybody on the show so far. Tell her we just have one more scene to get through, and then we're done. Um. So this kind of ramps up. This is all kind of one big long thing here. Okay, Coop gets the phone call. Josie's there. He hears a ruckus and a gunshot outside of her door. That's when he enters with gun drawn and Eckerd who was in bed gets up and had been shot. Um, mm -hmm. Josie has the gun pointed at Coop and um, he's kind of defending himself saying that he tried to kill her. Uh, Coop kind of asked her about all of the really bad things that she's done. And he asked, why did you shoot me? Josie says, because I knew this day was going to come. Um, I still don't really get why she shot Cooper. I guess I, I, her fear was that in the, in the end he was going to find out, you know, her past. Um, but then Harry shows up and you're like, Oh, you feel so bad. You know what I mean? He's got his gun drawn on his woman. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'm calling. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out now. Like, I didn't really think about it much when I was watching the episode, but I am also trying to figure out why she shot Cooper. So we know when, like, with like this episode, and we'll learn later. Like, she kind of had a pretty <clears throat> spotty past, you know. Mm -hmm. Like at this point, she had already tried to kill Andrew. So I think her thought was like, he's gonna get to the bottom of who I am, you know. Like, so I get what you're saying about Josie. Is like, I don't like her. I don't get her. But like. What she is is this person who had this kind of intense life, and she's she's hiding out. She's like, oh yeah, yeah she's okay. on. She's like basically like Twin Peaks is her place to go and be, you know, Harry's girlfriend and not think about the things she's done and all of her history in Hong Kong. Like, it was her little place to be and feel safe. And so Cooper threatened that, and you and the more we find out about her, the more we get it, you know. Okay, so, now that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so Harry shows up and you're like, ah, this is kind of heartbreaking because, you know, he's got his gun drawn on his girlfriend. And this is when 
she collapses and she literally just dies. Um, we, we, what? What? Nothing. What? Finish it and then I'll explain to you my emotions during this scene. So, okay, first of all, I want to tell you something. Yeah. We haven't seen Bob in like since, what was it? Since the last. Since like since episode Le- six or since something. Since Leland died. We haven't yeah. seen Bob since that episode. So two episodes before that was the episode we saw Maddie die. I was 11 when that aired, and I told you that I watched that. Yeah. So I remember going, you know, I think I'm fine. I want to watch another episode of Twin Peaks. And which one do I freaking watch? I haven't watched (laughs) any of them until this one. And I'm like, my 11-year-old brain's like, oh, are you kidding me? Come on. (laughs) So, okay, so, so Josie dies at this point sorry i'm just thinking like bob if you're 11 and you keep seeing bob like in these episodes like like, for some reason come on man for some reason i just figure he like crawls out and he looks at the looks at you and goes after these messages we'll be right back he's he's literally my my ring my ring like the little girl in the ring Um, all right so josie dies so josie dies and harry's like she's not breathing there's no pulse and then coop is there watching this and I got to give it to LLG cause she directs this pretty well. Um, yeah. a lot of the times that they used the elements of like Bob and the little man, it's done kind of like heavy handedly or kind of cheesy, but this is pretty moving. Um, so the light does that kind of spotlit thing and Bob crawls up from the, bed no Josie by the way Josie and Harry are gone this is Cooper's vision Bob crawls up on the bed and he's screaming to Coop what happened to Josie um the saving grace in this for me and even then was like the cure for Bob (laughs) is to let the actor who played him Frank Silva talk because anytime he talks it kind of just takes it the the tension and fear down like a good amount because (laughs) he actually has a very like theatrical voice and if you listen to like youtube didn't exist when i was 11 but if i could have youtube videos like interviews with him he actually has this kind of like sweet voice it's not scary at all is he like cooper (laughs) no it's it's (laughs) almost it's almost very theatery i don't know how to explain it but it's not at like, all like Orson Welles. It's not at all like what you are seeing from him. So when he when he even when he screams what happened to Josie, it's like kind of nice because <laughs> <laughs> it just takes like the creepiness down a notch, which we could use. Um, and then the character known as the little man from another place is faded faded into on the bed dancing. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird one because he's kind of like looking at the camera like, I don't know why I'm here. Um, and then fade from that towards the bedside table. Uh-huh. And we see Josie's face superimposed over the doorknob until a really early 90s CGI her face comes out of the doorknob and is stuck there. And that's how this episode 
ends. Yeah. Yeah. I was imagining watching that. Like, if you were... <clears throat> if this was 1991 and you saw that, like, you, your mind would be blown. My mind was blown because I was 11 and I was like, are you kidding me, Bob, again? No, but, like, the doorknob thing. Like, the bad CGI, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. now we're like, oh, God, that's awful. But, like, in 1991, that had to be like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what's next? Are we going to have a movie about dinosaurs, like, that are still, like, exist? What is that, like, two years away or starring, something? Starring yeah. Laura Dern? Was that two years away? <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it was weird. Um, Actually, funny story. This gave birth to Jurassic Park, this scene. Oh, really? They used all the technology... <laughs> Just ask Dave Lodian. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know. First assistant director on Jurassic Park, Dave yeah. Lodian. No, he wrote he wrote it. Jim, oh, he did? Yeah, Michael Crichton is Dave Lodian. Oh my god. Pen name, I guess. Um What did you think about this scene, Dallas? Well, here's the thing. So Josie collapses, right? Yeah. Terrible, terrible acting. You Just turn, the you, worst. You turned it off and gave yourself a high five. You didn't watch it no, past that. No, 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 because she collapses. And it just the worst acting I've seen in a long time. And um, and at first I was like, oh, my God, now what are we going to do? She's in the hospital and she's going through a coma or some stupid crap like that. And then when he rushes over and she's like, I don't I don't have a pulse. She's not breathing. I was like, oh, my God, did they finally do it? Like, <laughs> I was so happy that they finally, like, learned it was just like a great moment for the show. Yeah, it's weird that people didn't like her to me because she didn't do anything to really move the plot along uh, or any kind of plot that was in, that, that anybody cared about except for that she was Sheriff's girlfriend. And if you like Sheriff, then you liked Josie, I guess, by default. But, man, when they pronounced her dead, I was like, good call. Like, it was just... <laughs> Well, again, like she did, she wanted out. Like she, I think, went on to do another show, and um, but then, like, if, I almost if, said something it, that would have come off racist, but it was not meant to be racist. What were you going to say? I was going to say what China Beach. Yeah, but it was only because we had talked about China Beach on the previous. But episode. I actually don't know what it was, but it was something. Oh, I forget. I'll have to look it up. What it was, but what Japanese sunrise? See, that was racist. Okay, no, you're done. <laughs> She's Chinese, I think. Yeah. Uh, but why would she want out? Like, why would you want out of it? I mean, I guess you said it wasn't doing well in the ratings, but. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, in interviews with her, she regrets it. Like, she was like, oh, it was so, so dumb of me to want out. Um, but, like, again, it, and just so you know, Dallas, there are, like, five episodes left. So it wasn't like there was, you know, it didn't go on for six seasons. Um, yeah, but just as a, if you're that bad of an actress... I mean, you should what do you be stoked for the get? stoked for the bread, right? Right. So Ugh. this this scene is pretty interesting in terms of like it kind of stands alone in this like uh, Bob's question is kind of like important, like what what did happen to Josie? Why is her face in the doorknob? What yeah. exactly? What what did we watch? happen um and as far as the show goes it's one of the things that people talk about all the time um whether you like josie or not 
in terms of like the mythology of the show, like what exactly did we just watch? Cause it wasn't like Laura. She wasn't killed by Bob, but Bob was there and she died kind of unexpectedly. So was it Bob? Like what happened? Um, so it, to me, this scene is really interesting as far as a, as a fan. And I still mm. still think about it as much as again I I get and I think I don't think she's a great actress either I don't hate her character as much but what where her line ended is still to me like one of those things where I'm like I don't know exactly what happened and it's it, yeah. it's something I I I want to know I want to know you know what happened to Josie. I mean, it is an interesting way to kill her off because. Yeah, like it doesn't really make sense what like happened. It, it doesn't follow the rules of the like Laura or Maddie or um, like Teresa Banks was the first one that, you know, they, they investigated before where, you know, Leland was, you know, someone was, was inhabited by Bob and Bob killed. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So um, why did she get stuck in a drawer? Yeah, and that's the other thing is like, is are the you know is Maddie in a drawer somewhere, or is this just because this happened in the Great Northern? As far as we know, no, you know, none of the other killings happened in the Great Northern. So, what is the Great Northern in this? You know what I mean? Like, mm. is it some sort of you know place that Bob inhabits? You know, um, you know, it's like the, a superconductor, like in Ghostbusters. Like where where has Bob been since? Leland, you know, is he able to just like kind of freelance, you know, is, it just, <laughs> is Bob just hanging out at the great Northern, you know, like, yeah. Anyway, um, this, this episode is really important for all of those questions. And, um, unfortunately I don't have answers for you, Dallas. It's okay. I don't care about Josie. So I have no questions, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I wrote at the end of this, I said, we lost James and Josie in one episode. This has got to be your favorite. Yeah, I mean James was fine. You know, I I'm fine with James. Josie was really the problem. Yeah. And Nadine was the other problem, but they fixed her character. Yeah. Uh and to I mean at least to me. And um and yeah, I mean like losing James is just like a plus. It's like the, the icing on the cake. You did know? you did you see that the and I tweeted you the or I, I texted you the entertainment weekly cover. Yeah, and James is on it. Yeah, what'd you think? I think they all look great. You excited? Um, yeah, I am. I, I'm interested to see what they do. I think uh, what I texted you back was Nadine looks the same. Yeah. Like she's the only one out of all of them that looks like she didn't really age, <laughs> which is very strange. It's so it's so surreal that it's happening again. Oh, God. Are you are you Bobby McFerrining me right now? Yeah. No, my wife is sneezing. Oh. She just like in, she inhaled a bunch of pepper and is just sneezing trying to ruin my podcast. It'd be so funny if she was that committed to ruining it that she she's, just had like a little mound of pepper next to the, to the desk. She's really mad at me. What, what yeah, well. What are you doing? You're paying the bills so I can make stupid podcasts. I love you. I'd marry you again. Allergic to stupid. So. She said she's allergic to stupid. Well, she should be happy because Josie's dead. So. <clears throat> oh, man. Well... You know, Sirenora, I guess. 
All right, Dallas. That was um, episode 16 of the season two. That was called The Condemned Woman. That was the end of Josie Packard. Gone too long. We hardly knew ye. Um, <laughs> where uh, where can we follow you on Twitter, and what do you have coming up where people can come see you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dallas underscore MC. You can buy my stand-up record on iTunes and yeah. Amazon. Yeah, uh, it's called "An Evening of This." Mm-hmm. Uh, it was back in the back in the, the rankings, the charts for a little while there last week. It was nice. 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 Um, and then uh, go uh, if you live in the San Diego area. You can go to. Uh, I don't know if this will be up by then, but April sixth. I don't know if you're going to put it up. Yeah, when you're gonna put I will. It up. Yeah. If you're in the San Diego area, April 7th through the 9th, I'll be at the American Comedy Co. with David Koechner. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, it'll be fun. I haven't been, uh, is you David, know. Is David Koechner, I think David Koechner is in season three. Really? Wait, wait, wait. I have to Google this. Because if he is, dude, you've got to get him, we got to get him on the podcast. I will do what I can. We actually I've right heard. now potentially could have at least one season three cast member on in Charlene Yee. Yeah, well, you would have to reach out for that one. Oh, are you guys not friends anymore? Um, I don't know if we were ever friends. <laughs> oh, I don't think I have any contact info for her. Maybe, maybe we should maybe talk we to will. Joe. Maybe Joe? Yeah. She because put- we were friends to some degree. Like, we hung out a couple times. Like, she came to San Diego and with uh, Michael, and we hung out. Yeah. Um, And it was fun. But then, like, she just kind of disappeared i did i did like a couple of i did one of her shows yeah i did a um, I, did, I did a few of her shows dude let me just look real quick oh is this gonna be one of those things where it's not that's fine. order? but yeah charlene's great i mean she's super funny like really ridiculously uh talented lady and she yeah. got into music and like zines and stuff and i don't really think she does much comedy anymore but the fact that she's in twin peaks is really funny because i i doubt that she knows what twin peaks is no don't say that no, I dude, she didn't know that stand up still did stand up comedy when she came to LA. Wait, you said stand up still does stand up comedy. Yeah, she didn't think that stand up comedy was still a thing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, when she came to LA, she was like, "Oh, people still do this." Dude, he's in Twin Peaks. He is? Yes. Okay, well, I he, will definitely ask I, him. I know for a fact he's like bound to not say anything like as all everyone is, but you have to ask, you have to tell him that you're on a Twin Peaks podcast. I will and do then, what I can. And then also when you're done, say, Bull Mountain, don't go changing. <laughs> it is funny because like two years ago, he came to San Diego and I was supposed to be on the shows and I, with him and I couldn't be on the shows. And for, you know, I had wor- some work or something came up. I couldn't do the shows. And uh, the guy who replaced me ended up becoming like buddies with him. <laughs> yeah. And they hung out like all weekend. Oh man! And then like he like brought him on to like write some stuff for him. Oh <laughs> man! Like, Son of a. For those Whatever, of you who like, don't know Dave Keckner, he, he the most famous thing is what he was, Champ Kind. Champ Kind on, on Anchorman. Anchor, but he's been he's so much funnier than just that. He was on SNL. He was in my favorite movie Out Cold. Um, yeah. He's yeah. uh, he's kind of one of those dudes who shows up and makes everything better. Dude, I haven't talked to you. We haven't by the, done this podcast in a while, but um, so I I have to tell the story because he, people may not know this or not. But one of the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me in my life is that 
my two favorite movies that have no relation to each other were put out together on a double DVD, and that's The Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy, and also Back to the Beach. And for who got that for you? For some reason, we're put. Didn't I? Didn't we both get that for each other for Christmas? No, one year? no, no. We both bought each other PCU for Christmas one year. <laughs> True story. Um, but I no, I found those in Target, and I bought two of them: one for me, and one for you. So even though we both own both those movies, I can't figure out for the life of me why the two of them are on the same DVD other than for the reason that God wants me to know he exists and he loves me. It's like, the funniest thing. If, if I was in college and I was like a communications major, I'd write a thesis about it. Like, So I tweeted the kids in the hall and it was like, why does this exist? And I got a response. They like quoted my tweet and said, like, we're still scratching our heads. And I got like all of this awesome, like these tweets about, and some people were like, yeah, but back to the beach is amazing. And I'm like, I know that's the point. I, but I don't know why they're on the same DVD and it kills me. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we it was really ha- cool. That kids in the hall. <laughs> we may have that. to do an extracurricular dish in the percolator about that DVD one day where we, find out how it was made and why um, i'm not uh i'm not opposed to that at all i'll talk okay. about brain candy and back to the beach all oh day my long gosh, so great yeah I, the only thing i can think of is that they're both comedies and start with b it has to be something where they they owned both of them and it was like I, dude i don't know i can't figure it out and we need to figure it out it it's needs the to be weird explained. like not even in the same decade like it's, <laughs> I love the kids in the hall wrote like we're scratching our heads like kind of funny, but I really want an answer. Like I really would love a serious reasoning why so that I can like die and understand. Yeah, it's like on par with like Caddyshack being on a double DVD set with like Club Dread or I don't something. Think you like can it's be, just I don't think you can actually make an analogy because it's that's why it's so weird. Because there's no reason, like Back to the Beach is not like Blazing Saddles or something where it's like a classic comedy. Like I've only met a few people who's ev- who have even seen it, you know. And it it just happened to be one of those movies that I saw at the right age where I still like love it so much. But I can't. Yeah, I it's don't, like no, no, here it's it's like Batman on a DVD with stop, Ten Cup. Stop. Stop. <laughs> It's the it's the funniest uh, it combination. It doesn't make any sense, but anyway, um, that's what's happening in my life. Is that Kids in the Hall retweeted something that I wrote? I was excited about it. Um, um, yeah, well, come see me uh, and Dave Keckner if you're in San Diego. Yeah, uh, and hopefully I'll get him on the podcast, or at least it, maybe I'll interview him or something. Or I wish. Will you? Can you Facetime me into that? I'll see what I can do. I've heard he's very nice, so I, I hope that uh, I'll try to save it until like maybe the last night or something. Ha- will you have him leave a voicemail on my machine where he says, "Don't go changing"? I will try. Okay. <laughs> he loves get- going to SeaWorld, which is funny to me. That's funny. Yeah, that's rad. Um, well, awesome. Everyone will go see you, Dallas, and um, I, except for me, I'm going to be in Napa. That's fine. Yeah, that happens. Um, all right, dude. Well, thanks for dishing the percolator. Thanks, buddy. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Don't go changing. Mm, yeah. Dig that, Kurtz. Don't let yourself be hurt this time.
Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Then I saw your face. Then I saw your smile. The sky is still blue. The clouds come and go. Yet something is different. Are we falling in love? Don't let yourself be hurt this time. Don't. Let yourself be hurt this time. Then your kiss so soft, then your touch so warm. The stars still shine bright, the mountains still high. Yet something is different. Yes, something is different now. The guitar came in. I feel like I'm floating. Floating above a keyboard and a guitar. A guitar. Are we falling in love? Falling. Falling. Are we falling in love? That's the ketchup. I like coffee. Donuts. <laughs> Russ Tamblin.